Hey guys, before we get started, this podcast has some strong language. You've been warned. Howdy! This week's episode of The Rabble was recorded at 7-something p.m. Just kidding. It's 6.51 p.m. on Thursday, April 18th, 2019, in the great state of Texas, where the official state dog is the Blue Lacey. Hello. We are so happy to be here at Cheer Up Charlie's in Austin to support the Austin Young Democrats. And I am so happy that I just barely still qualify as a young Democrat. <laughs> Shout out to all my Young at Heart members. Uh, and if you've never listened to the Rebel podcast, first of all, I'll try not to take it personally. My husband. <laughs> Second of all, you should know that we're just normals who were finally fed up enough with the state of our state to figure out how to do more than just vote. And so we started the Rebel podcast as a way to bring other normals in Texas along on that journey with us. And we're learning stuff like, how does the Texas legislature work? I'm still confused. Yeah, well, I think that's perpetual. Um, why do they spell marijuana wrong? They spell it with an H. What the hell? <laughs> um, and what actual things can we be doing to get rid of some of the ne'er-do-wells in the state capitol? And my personal philosophy is that when you spend all your time wringing your hands or shaking your fists, your arms will be too tired to do the actual work. So one of our mottos is stop flipping out, start flipping seats. We are so happy that you amazing yum dens have joined us today for our first ever live podcast. She's lying. We've done like 20 and they've gone really well. <laughs> we definitely know what we're doing right now. Yeah. It's, this is going to go really well. Well, we are recording this, so please laugh really, really loudly at all our jokes so that people listening tomorrow on their phones will want to come to our next live show. And come to the Austin Young Democrats events. Yes. Uh, every week, we have three distinct segments. First up is always political fuck, Mary kill. Now, there's no kids in the audience, right? I can say fuck. <laughs> fuck. Um, we, would, we would censor if there were. Uh, but we're not fucking marrying and killing politicians. We're fucking marrying and killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Mm. Um, we're fucking marrying and killing political phenomena of the week. So For example, I want to pity fuck Kellyanne Conway's <laughs> statement that today is the best day of Trump's presidency <laughs> with the Mueller report redacted out. And every week we have a segment called Did Y'all Know? And today's Did Y'all Know is going to be extra special. We're going to be interviewing one of my personal favorite young Dems. Yes, and that is Mason Reeds, the communication specialist for House Rep James Tallarico's office. Plus, Mason will be here in a moment to help us to help us help you play a new game that we're calling Westeros or Texas. Dun, 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 dun. And we will finish out with some shit to do that Ashley will provide us with because if you want to keep everything from going to shit, you got to start doing some shit. So we're your hosts. I'm Kristen Gunn. I'm Ashley Chang. I'm Becky Bullard. Together we're Rouser. And, and this is the I didn't get the memo we were doing that. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right, so first up uh, is political fuck, Mary kill. Uh, I think, Ash, Becky, you had the fuck for the week. I do. 
Did anybody catch Mayor Steve Adler's State of the City address last night? I did, a little bit. Well, my his uh, coming out strong at the state legislature is my fuck for the week. He said, in my 40 years, I don't think I've ever seen our city so aggressively under attack by the state. He says that the state has declared war on Austin and we must be prepared to defend ourselves. And he's talking about a state Republican leadership that loves to tweet out articles about Austin being the best place in the country to live, but then being committed to systematically dismantling all the things that make Austin so great. Like the plastic bag ban. Mm-hmm. And uh, sanctuary cities. Yep. And fair minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And LGBTQIA rights. Yep. All the things. So lead us into battle, Mayor Adler. I volunteer to be on the front lines. I'm not great with a gun, but I can wield a gif with <laughs> trained yeah, <you> precision. <laughs> what's next? All right. Um, Ash, what's your, you have the Mary? I've got the Mary. Okay. Yeah. So for this week, I want to marry a news story that I saw that was written by Miguel Perez of KERA. And the headline was, How Immigrant Entrepreneurs Are Key to Rethinking Dying Retail Spaces. And I saw that and just felt like, fuck yes. Finally, a positive news story about immigrants. I'm just, I'm so sick of hearing all of this xenophobia and hate, and it feels like every time I read a news story, it's some political leader in Texas or in the administration talking about fear and how immigrants are ruining the country and all of this business. They make it great. They make it great. And so the story focused on a Kmart that was in Garland that shut down, like many big box stores and malls that are shutting down across the country. And it basically created a little bit like a ghost town in that section of Garland. And guess who swept in to save the day? but immigrants. And the local economic development office actually rezoned that Kmart so that they could have multiple vendors come in. And so there was a group of Latinx entrepreneurs who came in and revitalized the space. So now when you go into what used to be a sad Kmart, you can go in and there's like mariachi bands playing and I know, right? And Mexican ice cream oh you can God. eat and like really cool ceramics you can buy and you can make custom pinatas. This like sounds, all the things. It sounds like heaven, right? We're all going after yeah. this. Road <laughs> trip. Real trip to Garland. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It reminds me, uh, there are several different cities in the country that have been completely revitalized because of immigrants, not just like one particular area, but the entire city was saved because of the immigrants. There was uh, so, Somali immigrants in Michigan. It's been a, it's, I don't know. We can find that news story and link it in the yeah, show notes if yeah. you want to read more about that later too. And this story really warmed my heart and I really extra wanted to marry it because I've talked about this on the pod before, but when my parents moved and my family moved here from Taiwan, they within their lifetimes were also fleeing violence. And they honestly, they were met with racism in Austin in the 60s and the 70s. But you know, what did they do? They opened businesses and they created jobs and they supported the local economy. They raised a daughter who they sent to school and would later start a soon to be award-winning <laughs> podcast. Yes. They brought General Saw Chicken to Austin. Yes. So. I, all I'm saying is that can you imagine how much we'd be missing out on if we keep shutting out immigrants? Yeah. No. I want to marry. marry. I want to marry Love or it. marry. That's good. Oh, one of the things I wanted to say, we'll also link into the show notes some ways that you across your communities can support small 
local immigrant-run businesses, and I wanted to give a special shout-out to the Chingona Fest Texas because they're rescheduling it. I don't think there's a date yet, but as soon as there is, we will help share that out and post it, or you can go to ChingonaFestTX.com to sign up for their emails to make sure you're the first to find out when the event's back on. Another road trip. Yes. Field trip. <laughs> okay, guys, so... Um, if you've listened to the pod before, you know I normally am the Debbie Downer with the kills. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, as our beloved Beto would say, true to form, I have the kill for the week. Um, this week, I have got to call out all of the bad sushi, spoiled sushi buffet of bad <laughs> LTG, LBT, <laughs> all those letters. <laughs> <laughs> the LGBTQIA. Uh, bills that have been um, up in the house this week. So there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, I don't know if you guys have been familiar with that, uh, but actually there were a lot of advocates that were up at the Capitol last night. Um, some stayed uh, er, into the early hours in the morning till 6:45, um, advocating for uh, for the rights of, of the LGBTQIA community. Um, I will say there is a silver lining to all of this. As these advocates are, are um, outflanked in numbers uh, in the Capitol, um, there are good bills that are being put out there. So for example, Rep. Jessica Farr uh, introduced House Bill 244, which prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. So um, we as a community have got to be doing better. Um, I, I look out at this sea of amazing young young-blooded Democrats, um, as, as these bills are coming up, we need you guys to be there to, um, to advocate as well. So, uh, you know, one of the- Especially one of the, for the all-nighters. Yes, yes, especially for the all-nighters. Um, so, just, uh, Jessica Sukup, who uh, was supposed to give testimony yesterday, is here. Um, she had to leave early, and I think of no better way to honor her and the bill that Rep. Jessica Farr had put in place um, than to allow her to give her testimony now. Well, thank you, Jessica. Well, thank you so much. Is this working? Hi. Thank you so much, and I appreciate I appreciate you focusing on this issue. Um, so uh, this is the testimony I was gonna I was gonna say uh, speak, and this was to um, regarding HB two forty four, which was by Rep. Farrar from Houston, and it's it's a it's a positive bill, and it um, among other things, the subject I focused on was conversion therapy, which and the bill protected the LGBTQIA community from from conversion therapy. So here's my testimony. Esteemed rouser and associated rabble. <laughs> yes. My name is Jessica Sukup. I live in Hayes County and I work as a systems analyst and support my wife of 33 years and my son who attends Texas State University. <laughs> Two years ago, I went to a PFLAG meeting. PFLAG, for those who are unaware, is a support group for families who have a member who is part of the LGBTQ community. The meeting I went to was in San Marcos, Texas, and it meets in the basement of a church. These meetings are organized with the first part being a speaker or educational component, and the second hour being support. The speaker that day was a lesbian woman who was in her 80s. She came to share stories from her life. She suffered through decades and decades of attempts to convert her to be heterosexual. The stories were heart-wrenching. 
multiple men at various points in her life decided the reason she was a lesbian was because she'd never had good intercourse and so raped her, one of whom was her beloved family pastor. She suffered through electroshock therapy. She uh, endured untold hours of aversion therapy where she was forced to watch a mix of heterosexual and lesbian porn and received electric shocks during the lesbian porn. None of this made any difference. She still loves women, but for most of her life, as a result of all this, she learned to hate herself. Another friend who is transgender was sent on the advice of her family pastor to her cousin's house a few times a week so that her cousins could beat her and toughen her up. The result of this did not affect her transgender status, but did give her PTSD. I ask that you please support HB 244 and put an end in Texas to conversion therapy and those horrific and pointless crimes. Jess, I just really want to thank you for your advocacy, um, everything that you're doing in this community. One of the things I, I actually didn't mention, I didn't introduce you properly, probably because I'm like terribly nervous right now. Um, she's a board member at the Texas Education Network of Texas, or Transgender Education Network of Texas. Um, and so what I would really implore everyone here, um, if, you're, if this is something that is um, impassioning for you, if this is something that makes you feel something, there are more bad bills coming up. Um, that could use young-blooded Democrats in the audience there to stay all night and be passionate to give testimony or to give to support to people who are giving testimony. One in particular is SB 17. Um, we don't know exactly when this is going to be up. It will likely be an all-nighter, um, but we could use the numbers and we could use your passion. So if this is something that you care about, you can follow TENT, the Transgender Educa Education Network of Texas, or you can follow Equity Texas online and you'll get live up Equality up, uh, Texas online. And uh, we'll have links to that in our show notes as well. Um, and you can get updates on, on when that exactly is going to happen. And even if it doesn't affect you directly, I think that we're not going to create change unless we stand up for each other, right? So, um, you know, I may never be subject to conversion therapy, but it sounds fucking terrible and life-ruining. And so, like, I'm going to do whatever I can do to stop that from happening to more people. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I hope you. I hope y'all join us. And if you can't join us at the Capitol, if you if you work or live nearby, going to the Capitol the day that a bill is being heard before it is actually taken up by the committee, you can register on the kiosks, or you can actually go to uh, once you get inside the Capitol and on the Capitol um, Wi-Fi, you can do it on your on your mobile device. Although uh, the page wasn't responsive, you had to switch to desktop mode. Just secret hint. Anyway, um, or you know, you can call. You can call the members of the committee and register with the office. And um, I had a friend who was unable to come in, and so she was calling, and she was um, uh, going down the list of all of the, the members of the committee and, and calling them. And she got to one, and she didn't feel like the person was listening. And so when she got done, she said, well, so can you tell me what bills I just, I just voiced my opposition <laughs> to? And uh, he was unable to do it. So she made him, she said them again and made him mark it down. 
Good so job. that's calling them out. That's awesome. That's great. That is awesome. And if you have never registered at the Capitol before, our own Ashley um, is an Instagram guru and made a great Instagram story that you can find saved on our Instagram account at RouserTX that shows how to go and register for or against a bill. It literally takes five minutes. Even if you know how, I'd really love it if you watched our stories because I work really hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's free parking at the Capitol. Two hours of free parking. There's almost always parking. And we had pizza. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So thank you again, Jess. We really appreciate you. for political fuck, marry, kill for the week. Um, if you guys have a fuck, marry, or kill that you think we missed, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can reach us at any of the socials at RouserTX. All right, Becky, tell me, who do you know this week? Oh my goodness, I am so happy to introduce y'all to Mason Reed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> So Mason is a communication specialist for State Rep James Tallarico from Williamson County and one of our very favorite young Democrats. And before the interview, we were checking in with him that it was okay for us to share with y'all that he is 18 and still finishing his senior year of high school. And he told us, most people at the Capitol know that already because I have to get there late from coming to school every day. <laughs> He goes to four classes in the morning before 10.30 before he goes to his job at the Capitol. Four like, high school classes. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about amazing. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. can't, crazy. I can't tell if I should feel inspired or shamed. <laughs> I, well, I, <laughs> I feel a little uh, insu insufficient here. But um, I'm curious to know, you know, for such a young person, what inspired you to get involved in politics? Well, I don't know if you can tell by my accent, but I am from a really small town called New Boston. It's in Northeast Texas. There's 4,000 people. So everyone knows everyone. Literally the only thing fun to do in New Boston is to play hide and seek in Walmart until you get kicked out. <laughs> um, and I've been kicked out many times playing hide and seek. So, but it's also a really conservative area. It's in the Bible Belt. The church kind of runs things in the town, and that's the narrative of the town. It's very Republican, it's very conservative, and that's kind of the ideas that people adopt there. Um, so it wasn't until like eighth grade US history where I realized, I don't have to agree with these people. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I can have my own opinion. They're not right just because that's what everyone else is doing. So I started just very, you know, not really going into it, but, but realizing that I wasn't a, definitely wasn't a Republican but I was also starting to delve into my beliefs and starting to realize that I did not agree with what I was being told in New Boston. And it wasn't until next year in ninth grade that I met a great friend of mine and a super role model, and some of you might know him, Trip Davis. Trip is from New Boston, and Trip has been my rock in New Boston. Trip is amazing, and at that time, he was the only other Democrat that I knew in New Boston. <laughs> so, um, Trip really, well, he forced me to do debate, <laughs> and that just throws you into politics. But he also encouraged me to believe whatever I wanted to believe, but not only to believe it, but to know why I believed it. Mm. So I did a deep dive into what I believed and why I believed it and my values and morals, and I realized I was like a super liberal, <laughs> which <laughs> is, is not a good thing in New Boston. Um, but it was a good thing for me, and it was exactly what I needed. And so as I went through high school, um, my junior year, I started an organization called Teenage Democrat, 
which was an outreach and advocacy group, which was, its sole purpose was to connect young Democrats in rural areas of Texas, but it also was supposed to be this like think tank for liberal projects. So it had two projects, two primary projects. We had a podcast called The Post-Millennial White House that I, I helped um, host with my friend Benjamin. And then it also had a project called Equality Period and people would donate money and we would buy feminine care products and send it to impoverished areas around Texas. So that was my first step into politics. But I would like to touch on something that we kind of talked, that y'all kind of talked about, is my motivating factor behind being in politics. And I have this saying, and it goes, if everything is someone else's problem, the world will not progress. <laughs> and you know, we had a perfect example when Jess was up here of everyone has their thing, right? Everyone has a problem. And when you look around and you see other people, you know, injustice to other people, a lot of people just turn a blind eye to that. And as long as that happens, we're not gonna get anywhere. Not in Texas, not in this country or in this world. And so for me, and the reason I'm still in politics, the reason I wanna be in politics, and the reason I got into politics, was that women, women not being able to choose what they do with their body, that's my problem, mm -hmm. right? It takes, it takes everyone yeah. to help that. LGBTQ plus people being shocked is our issue. It takes straight people to help with that. It takes people from all over the spectrum, right? Every issue, Every injustice that someone is facing is all of our problem. Mm -hmm. And it takes all of us, it takes, it takes an army to make something happen. And so I hope that you know, moving forward in Texas, in this country, and in this world, we all realize that our motivating factor behind everything we should do should be helping other people, even if, even if you're not under attack. Because when you come under attack, then nobody's gonna be able to help you. 100%, couldn't agree more. Um, so eventually, you got out of New Boston. I did. And Praise you. God. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me about um, you went to work on James Chalarico's campaign. Tell me about how that came to be. Uh, so I started as an intern. Trip actually sent me a link to an internship, and they were it was a big questionnaire. And when I got it, it was to be on Camp Campaign, which was uh, what the um, now State Representative James Chalarico. Um, it was this group of amazingly talented young students who um, went and worked and learned so much. We heard, we met Wendy Davis, we met so many amazing people, and we learned the ins and outs of campaigning. And that lasted from June 5th to August 15th. And um, it, it was kind of funny, when he sent me that, I, I, he sent it to me around 345, right when I was getting out of school, and I worked on my answers. There was only four questions, y'all, four questions. I worked on my answers until 2 a.m., <laughs> okay? I wrote a a story for each question. I was like, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get it. And they called me and they asked me to come down, so I moved, I didn't know who, I, I knew the name of the person I was living with, Miss Hilda Montgomery. Um, she's a city councilwoman in Round Rock, but that's about all I knew. I didn't know anyone on the campaign. I knew James, I just knew that, or Representative Tallarico. <laughs> I knew that I loved what he was standing for and I knew that I wanted to help. And so I went. I actually turned 18 five days after I moved there. I was gonna there. say, were you even old enough to vote <laughs> no, at this point? I wasn't when I moved there. And so I turned 18 uh, five days after I started. And when my time was up as an intern, they asked me to stay. And I thought my mom was gonna say no. And she said yes, <laughs> some, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> which is super awesome. Thanks mom, I love you. And uh, my, both my parents did, they're amazing. And um, so I moved down onto the campaign and I, they hired me as their creative director, 
So I was in charge. I do graphic design, so I did all of our graphic design in-house, um, mailers, social media. Um, I also do uh, video producing and editing, so I did all of our commercials. I did all of our videos. It was really good. Well, thank you. <laughs> like, I hope you're making like I six you, figures. I, that's I, I didn't I realize that I was, that was you doing all of that. I didn't I just, either. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Dang, Mason. <laughs> I know what that collateral looks like. Wow. <laughs> so that's that was my job, and it was just a transformative experience for me. When I moved to Round Rock for the summer, I honestly hated Texas. I um, didn't, I was from a small town and I didn't realize that there was anything different in Texas. You know, there's this narrative about Texas that we're, we're all, we all talk like this and we ride horses to school, you know, but it's not like that. And when I moved to Round Rock in Austin, I realized how amazing Texas was. And very quickly, Texas became my favorite state and it became a place where I wanted to help change. Because te look at this room. Texas has so much potential. Texas has so much diversity and, and amazing people that are willing to do stuff. So we just got to work at that. And so it was, it was truly a transformative experience for me. I love everything about this. And I hope that any of y'all who know some young kids that live in rural towns in Texas will share this with them so that they hear that there's more out there than just the, the little town and the... the what they're being told that there is and to the Texas. church there's more out and there than yeah the church. yeah so you then actually went on to once uh jim Tellerico got elected you went on to work for him at the capitol which is amazing yeah <laughs> it's crazy i'm curious to know what was your first day like going to work at the capitol so my first day for representative Tallerico was kind of funny because <laughs> because <laughs> i had a keurig that I wanted to bring to the office, but I didn't have my badge yet. So I had to walk into the Capitol with this big ass Keurig, okay? It was the oldest one. And they make you put it through security. So it went under <laughs> So it went under the X-ray machine and they like looked at it forever. And they were like looking at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what 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 are they what do they see in that Keurig? Um, so so my first day started by literally carrying a Keurig through the Capitol and people looking at me like, what is this kid doing? He's carrying a Keurig. But I also remember this overwhelming feeling of just awe, like being in such a historic building. Uh, it was a place a year before that I um, competed in my state competition for debate at, and I told myself that I would work there. Never once did I think I would be working there in less than a year. And so walking through the halls and looking at the history and also looking at the hope that I've seen for Texas, you know, the big 12, we flipped 12 seats. So, um, so it, was, it was amazing. And, and I got into the Capitol, I put the Keurig down, plugged it up, it worked by the way. And, <laughs> um, and so then I got to be surrounded by a group of amazing people. Representative Tallarico is, is so amazing. He's hardworking, he's young, he's talented, he's brilliant, like in everything he does, it's kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> um, and then we have amazing leadership. Michelle Castillo, who's our chief of staff, is this awesome, awesome mentor. And she, you know, being 18 and working in the Capitol is scary, y'all. And It's scary going into the Capitol, like, for me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's terrifying, especially, you know, knowing that I'm doing a job that other people are doing with like a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't tell people for a long time that I was in high school. It was kind of like a little secret. I, I wouldn't tell people. They would ask if I was going to school. I was like, yeah, I go to school. Um, so for a long time, I was really nervous about 
and, and not very confident in myself and my place in the Capitol and my place in our office. And Michelle did a, an amazing job of, of supporting me and teaching me and guiding me and letting me take control. And, but also props to Representative Tallarico, like an 18-year-old running your whole communications department. Like, that's a little insane, right? <laughs> he so really does believe in the youth of Texas. He does. And then we have amazing staff. We have, this is our Deputy District Director, Holly, and our District Director, Rachel. They're amazing, and we respond. I don't know, this is, I don't know if people know this, but we respond to every single email with a letter, every single one. So we read every email, and we personally respond to every single one. That's a lot of work. We get like hundreds of emails a day, and Holly and Rachel and Sabrina supports them, does an amazing job. Sabrina's our operations manager. She is so great. We never miss a meeting. She's amazing. Our policy team, Adam, Anna, Jeff, and Doug, like literally the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like they're on top of it. They're so I like young. that you're so new to politics and you've already learned how to name drop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're going places, Mason. So my first day for me was, was, I was scared, I was excited, I was hopeful, but I was really honored to be uh, helping support Representative Tallarico and, and District 52 and helping you know, really start a, a huge movement for, for, for District 52 and hopefully for Texas. So overall, it, it, amazing experience, just one of the best days of my life. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm super inspired. And if anything, like that story is a testament to when your heart tells you to do something and you do it, like the path just opens up in front of you. And I can't wait to vote for you for governor one day. Yes. Like, jeez. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mason. Somebody buy this guy a kombucha. Thank you. Okay. Don't go away, though, because... You're going to help us with the next All very right, exciting thing. So now we're doing the second main event uh, after our interview. Um, <clears throat> I need a round of, of hands. Who feels confident in both their Texas knowledge and their Game of Thrones knowledge? No, <laughs> All right, why don't you come on up here? I need a lady, too. I need a lady to represent. Does any, do, do I have any ladies that are feeling good? Aww. It's a multiple choice game. Oh, all right, Your all right. options are Texas or Westeros. <laughs> Gotta get some equity up here, right? Yeah, we're about representation. Hey, Ashley. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. We'll just we'll pay her more if she wins. All right. <laughs> so, what's your name? Salvador Espinoza. And uh, who's your favorite Game of Thrones character? Oh, gosh, uh, gonna have to go with Bronn. Mm. Good, good answer. And uh, who's your favorite Texas character? LBJ. All right. And what's your name? Ashley. And who's your favorite Game of Thrones slash Texas characters? Don't judge me too much. I've only actually read the books, but Arya Stark is kind of amazing. Who would judge her for that? Judge her for that? Oh, you read? Well, she puts on masks and kills people. So I mean, just you know. <laughs> Uh, my favorite Texas character, ooh, that's tough. Um, I guess I'll go with Wendy Davis. Woo! Yeah. My right. queen. Okay, so the way this is going to work is we have our amazing panel over here. They're going to read something to you, and it will either be a description of Texas, or we're saying Westeros, but what we really mean is like Game of Thrones world. So don't, it you know. It just sounds good. Yeah, Texas don't tweet me online if like, you know, for you Game of Thrones nerds out there, like that's actually the Iron Islands. Okay, we get it. We get it. All right. So first question. 
All right. Tell me, where was this said? If you don't support the death penalty, don't come to... Texas. That is right. And a bonus question for the audience. Who said that? Anybody? Rick Ooh, Perry. Yeah. Good job. All right, question number two. Okay, question two. A man repeatedly attacks women on roads because, quote, women's sole purpose is to give birth to male children. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Texas. Girl, yeah. After being arrested for a road rage shooting, 29-year-old Nicholas D'Agostino of Katy, Texas, admitted to shooting at maybe five women on the road because he thinks women are incompetent and only men should drive. Ooh. The scariest word in that is the maybe five women. Oh, well, guess what? He only spent six weeks in jail for that. And two days after getting out, he did it again. This is why we... Shame. Shame. Yes. Shame. This is why we need a lobby for gun reform. Like, right why there. did he still have a gun? Yeah, gun reform now. Okay. Okay, who said this? I'm from blank, and one of the reasons I like blank is because there is no one in control. Is this from the Mueller report or something? <laughs> <laughs> we read the whole 500-page report very quickly. That probably didn't make sense because I messed it up. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No, you're fine. You're fine. Where was this said? Where was this said? I want to say Texas. Yes. Yeah. Okay, audience, who said that? I'm from blank. I'm from Texas, and, the, and one of the reasons I like Texas is because there is no one in control. Who said that? Who, who's your favorite person in Austin? There's a statue of him. Really downtown. likes Beto. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Willie Nelson. Nelson. All right, here we go. A leader appoints a controversial drunk to a top post. Said drunk wed his own teen stepdaughter. Ugh. Do you mean to say it again? Yeah. A leader appoints a controversial drunk to a top post. Said drunk weds his own teen stepdaughter. Did that, that happen like in Westeros of Texas? A Westeros. Yes. It, yeah. No. It was Texas. <laughs> but yes, we mean that. Yes, we're wrong, blurred. Ashley. Our, uh, our very own agriculture commissioner, Sid Miller, appointed... Boo! Shame, that one. Thank you. Appointed Ricky Ray Redolin, which I... Why? Of course, his name is. Why do Republicans have the craziest names? Pretty sure he's a country He appointed star Ricky too. Ray Redolin to the state's rural health task force, even though his medical license had been revoked not once, not twice, but three times in three different states. In Iowa, Redolin's license was initially suspended because he lied in a case involving his marriage to his 15-year-old former stepdaughter. And Redolin's license has also been revoked in Minnesota and Louisiana for alcohol and psychiatric and drug problems. This guy really gets around. Wow. All right, so we're two to one right now. Yep. Okay, next question. Where was this? Where a leader counseled his compatriot, rape is non-existent in marriage. Take what you want, my friend. <laughs> this is, unfortunately, Texas. Correct. Jonathan Stickland, a Texas rep out of the DFW area, wrote this in an online forum back in 2008, but he remains awful to this day. <laughs> okay. Wild boar impels leader during a hunting accident. Leader was believed to be consuming alcohol. Westeros. Yes. There I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know how to say his last name. Robert. 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 <laughs> Robert from season one said that. Yes. Also, spoiler alert. 
Sorry. Oh, yes. If you haven't one. watched season one. If you Sorry, haven't watched it yet, you. you're just too late. Yeah. Don't watch it. All right. Fierce female comes to power after her corrupt husband is banished from leadership. But she turns out to be just as corrupt as he is. Well, this is definitely Texas. This is Texas. Do you know who it is? Uh, Mom, Pop, Ferguson. Yeah! Wow. Very good! Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Texas's first elected female governor, Miriam Amanda Orma Ferguson, ran on a campaign slogan of two governors for the price of one, promising to be a puppet for her ousted husband, Pa Ferguson, who had embezzled $1 million one from the people of Texas in the early 1920s. That must have been, like, so much I think money. That's, that's a lot that's of money back dollars. then. Yeah. <laughs> Could very well be the Paxons. Thank you, Jen. Okay, next question. According to the law of this land, you must acknowledge the existence of a supreme being if you want to lead. Texas. It is Texas, yes. Although the U.S. Constitution says there is no religious requirement to hold office in America, the Texas Constitution says you have to believe in God. And this issue actually came up here in Austin in 2014 when Greg Kassar was first running for his city council seat and his opponent accused him of being an atheist, though he says he's Catholic. Um, And this law hangs around in Texas because no one has ever challenged it, though it's sure to be ruled unconstitutional if anyone ever did. Somebody challenge it. Yeah, so some atheists, please run for office. (laughs) I'm into it. Hey, go for it. Okay, where was this said? Foreign mercenaries are contracted to contain the border wall crisis. This is a hard one. A hard one. Oh, let's see. Maybe read it one more time. Foreign mercenaries are contracted to contain the border wall crisis. Well, that sounds like both. This is a heck of a challenge. Let's say it's Texas. That is wrong. It's Westeros. Jon Snow asked the Wildings. Mm-hmm. Is that is that that's a thing? Okay. <laughs> For help against the White Walkers approaching the wall. So technically, on that one, there weren't foreign mercenaries. There are like crazy the cuckoo. There are mercenaries. You could call foreign. them mercenaries in Texas. That's, yeah. that's, that's splitting hairs. But we're tied up now. All right. All right. Where was this said? How do I convince people who don't know me that an enemy they don't believe in is going to kill them all? I think Westeros. Yes, Westeros. That was Jon Snow, but it's also every climate activist ever. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, next question, or next uh, headline here. Armed extremists arrive at home of political leader to demand a change of course. Texas. This is a trick question. You are right, but also, it is also Westeros. Uh, it's both. Gun extremist Chris McNutt and his friends showed up wearing machine gun t-shirts at the home of House Speaker Dennis Bonin to demand permitless carry. Also, religious extremists the Sparrows stormed the castle at King's Landing to confront Cersei in season five of Game of Thrones. We'll take it, though. Yeah, we'll take it. Still counts. Yeah, that, that counts, definitely. Okay, quote, all anyone needs to enjoy leading in this place is a strong stomach and a complete insensitivity to the needs of the people. Then it's all marvelous fun. Oh, this is the last tough. question, by the way. Last, last question. question. Gonna, oh, before you answer, if you get this right, then the game is tied. And we don't have a tiebreaker, <laughs> so we're going to have to figure that one out. But if you get it wrong, then We brought some, the some swords, and you guys yeah. will have to fight it out. <laughs> 
I'm trying to think of where you need a strong stomach. I would think more of Westeros, so I'm going to go with Westeros. Oh, no, those faces mean I'm wrong. <laughs> Do you want to change your answer? <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong. It's Texas. Does anyone know who said that? Any guesses on that? Any guesses? Molly Ivins. Yeah. Molly Ivins, who's basically the Tyrion Lannister of Texas. There's right. a new documentary with her. Yeah, coming out soon. Should be cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for playing. Thank you. For both of you, we have T-shirts. Uh, they're Rabble Custom Limited Edition T-shirts. They might both be women's shirts. Uh, they, they are actually all women's shirts. Hey, that works man. out. The future is female, so, you know, <laughs> we just wanted to. So you guys can take your pick. We got Barbara Jordan and Anne. All right, Ashley, I'm ready to make Texas a little less Westerosi. What's my shit to do this week? All right. So hasn't this just been the best night of your lives here? (laughs) Thank you to the Austin Young Dems for building community and getting the shit done every day. And there's many people in this room who are staying up late all night at the Capitol fighting for all of our rights. Thank you. So we want to support them. And we thank them from the bottom of our hearts. Your shit to do, whether you're in this room or listening at home, is to support the Austin Young Dems by becoming a member right now. Annual dues are $10. And for tonight, and tonight only, or if you listen to this pod tomorrow, they'll also honor it. It's $7 a year. All right? Remember that membership is available for those of us who are also young at heart. We're not young at heart. We are technically young. We are. I'm going to take it. I'm just. We are young. We are young. And if you have Jared? any young people in your life, you should, you should donate on their behalf and make them a member as well. If you just don't want to see our world go to shit for young people and for yourself, you should join Austin Young Dems as well. And if you're listening at home and not based here, look up your local chapter. And if there isn't one, then congratulations, you just became the president <gasps> of a very new Texas Young Dems chapter. Yay! There's a biannual Texas Young Democrat convention coming up here in Austin starting May 17th. It's going to be a lot of fun, so check them out. We'll link all the info in our show notes, and we can't wait to see you there as well. Yay! Well, that's it for the show this week, guys. Special thanks to Jen Ramos and Austin Young Democrats for having us here tonight, and to Cheer Up Charlie's, which continues to be a haven for the queer community. They are celebrating an anniversary this Friday, uh, April 19th, so come out for that anniversary party. It should be super fun. And of course, subscribe to the podcast, The Rabble. If you don't already, just search The Rabble in any podcast store and uh, sign up for Austin Young Dems or your own Young Dems in your community. Follow us both online at Austin Young Dems and at RouserTX. Plus, mark your calendars for our next live show, which will be Sunday, May 5th from 5 to 7 p.m. at Butterfly Bar here in Austin. We'll be helping our amazing photographer friend, Casey Chapman Ross, launch her book, True to Form, uh, capturing Beto's Senate campaign and the stories that uh, came out of that. And we'll also be hosting a panel of fierce female activists talking about life after Beto in Texas and where we can all put our organizing energies now. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. live podcast.